Hey there, and welcome to the Jimmy's Table podcast at jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey. I'm curiously evangelical, politically homeless, and a dreamer of small things. On this podcast, I'm having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. So if you have honest questions, aren't afraid to have difficult conversations, and want to have a little fun along the way, then pull up a chair. This podcast is for you. So earlier this month, it was my 39th birthday. You can applaud. (laughs) And I thought I would use that as inspiration today to talk about uh, getting older and about how I don't feel older, even though I'm getting older. Well, at least I don't feel like I'm getting older on the inside. Sure enough, I wake up in the morning and if I didn't sleep right, it feels like somebody threw me off a uh, 12-story building. Uh, so maybe you can relate to that. Um, but before I get into today's episode, episode 116, about how I don't feel older on the inside, I just want to play this little clip. And I, I think I'm going to play it a couple times today just because, well, it's so famous. And it kind of reflects a little bit of the mood that uh, kind of reflects with, uh, comes with getting older. So without further ado, I'm going to play this little clip from a Clint Eastwood movie, Gran Torino. Get off my lawn. I think that's just so perfect, right? I I think we all get there. I I will say, uh, before we get into the the commentary today about getting older, brief little commentary, brief little podcast for today, um, I will say that is one thing I have kind of noticed about myself. If I could mark any difference between Jimmy at 39 and Jimmy at 18 years old, um, you know, I kind of sympathize with the get off my lawn crowd because you know I know things about things and there's just something about me that's like you know you're on my property and you gotta go (laughs) I don't think I'm quite willing to go gun crazy like uh, Clint Eastwood did in that movie Gran Torino but uh, I digress so earlier this month like I said I turned 39 years old it's the last year of my 30s it's been a great decade especially compared to what I experienced in much of my 20s. Don't get me wrong, my 20s had some good years. I went to college and learned and some things and, and got a degree and, and formed some great relationships. But, like I've talked about in prior episodes, my 20s were filled with some painful years. Some years just outright stunk. For example, I was engaged for several years and then suddenly I wasn't. I worked for a very demanding uh, law firm, had a very demanding job, but it didn't pay very well. I wasn't a lawyer. I was just kind of a low totem pole, mailroom clerk, courier type person. And the demands of the job, especially having to walk, uh, you know, three or four plus miles every day in flat dress shoes, um, you know, kind of started to take a physical toll on me after doing it for a couple of years. And along the way, in my 20s, I made some bad financial decisions and got into some debt. I had a hard time getting a good job that paid well, and my expenses kept growing. Um, and, well, one thing led to another, and suddenly, you know, over, over... Well, not suddenly, more like gradually over time, I found myself tens of thousands of dollars in debt, and I was making all of 
12 bucks an hour. And you can imagine when you only make 12 bucks an hour being tens of thousands of dollars in debt with high interest, it kind of starts to catch up to you. And well, eventually it got to the point where, like I talked about in a prior podcast episode, you can look it up at jimmystable.com. I was lucky to be broke. And while I tried to work a second job and was working 60 plus hours a week in order to try to pay off those debts, uh, eventually just it got to me. And uh, I wasn't able to keep the juggling circus going on. And uh, I dropped the ball financially and went bankrupt. So that was fun. (laughs) Um, And, you know, but in the midst of all my despair and kind of feeling like in my mid to late 20s that um, life was just sucking and it wasn't very good. There was a slightly older friend of mine who I went to college with um, who encouraged me. She was already in her 30s. Um, and she already to- she told me that, you know, based off her experience, that uh, she believed that my 30s were going to be some of the best years of my life. And, you know, tell you the truth, she's largely ended up being right. My 30s have been great. Um, much of what I was working towards in my 20s finally materialized. They didn't materialize as great and as quickly as I would have liked them to. You know, things like the Great Recession hit. um, And it just made an economic mess of everything. And I got caught up in the swirl of all that. Um, But eventually I got uh, on the other side and got a decent paying job. And was quickly able to start climbing the corporate ladder. I got married. Bought a house. Got plugged into a great church. And, uh, you know, a lot of good things came my way in my 30s. Of course, that's, don't get me wrong, not everything in the past uh, decade has been sunshine and lollipops. I faced some serious challenges along the way. But I was largely able to navigate those challenges, I think, partially because of the valuable lessons that I learned from all the colossal failures that I made in my 20s. And with all the colossal failures that came in my 20s, uh, I gained some perspective on life and some practical wisdom. Um, And it's the kind of wisdom that can only come from trying to live life and failing at it. (laughs) Uh, The School of Hard Knocks will definitely teach you a thing or two about life. And as I like to say, I got beat a time or two with the stupid stick, as I like to call it. Um, The stupid stick taught me a valuable lesson in life. It taught me, imparted much wisdom to me, Um, very practical wisdom, a wisdom about how to better function and navigate in this world and to not be such a royal screw-up. But you know, in spite of all the advances I've made in the past decade in my life, in spite of all the lessons that I learned, in spite of now being on 39 and working my way quickly towards 40, Hopefully not too quickly. You know, I've recently reflected on it and I've been talking about it with some some friends and some family, um, especially some older individuals that I know, that in spite of, you know, being 39 years old, there's still something about me deep inside that still resonates with 20-year-old Jimmy Humphrey. (laughs) You know, I, I like to say that there's, if my employer only knew that I still find Beavis and Butthead jokes from when I was a kid watching MTV funny, um, 
and that uh, while I work at a job where I make millions of dollars of decisions on a, a daily basis, um, in the inside, I still feel like I'm something of a kid. And I can't believe people pay me to go to work and do the important things that I do because I feel like at any moment, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're going to let me, of all people, make all these very important financial decisions on behalf of the mortgage company that I work for. And I just find that weird because in spite of being older on the outside and like I said, waking up, if I didn't sleep right, it feels like I jumped off a 12-story uh, building and I pay for it severely the next day. Um, but in spite of all that, I still feel like, hey, I should still be, you know, a 20-something on the inside because that's what it that's what it feels like well except a part of course for the part where i feel like clint eastwood get off my lawn so i will say that's that's about the only thing though on the inside that you know even with all this practical wisdom that i have that i gained from all the colossal failures of my 20s and having had a chance to live and thrive and do well at life uh in my 30s that part of uh Get off my lawn. That part's the only new part inside of me that I like. have this little itch that's just like, hello, Mr. Grumpy Pants. <laughs> Other than that, I feel like my young, jovial self and full of life and dreams and hopes. And, and like I said, I like to still laugh at Beavis and Butthead-style humor, although maybe I try to curb back on that because I do realize it is immature and maybe some of that uh, stuff is, uh, you know, maybe something I shouldn't be watching as a Christian. Um, but, uh, you know, I still find it funny. Even if it's wrong, I still find it funny. Um, so anyway, so like, you know, I, I, I feel weird because I don't have any idea all the music or TV shows that all the cool kids are still listening to or watching these days. Um, and that's in spite of me we're, we're doing youth ministry type stuff with high school kids at church. Uh, there's definitely a disconnect between my generation and their generation. So although I may not feel like, although I may feel like I'm still 20 on the inside, my kids at church know better. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Like I said, I've been talking about this with some people. And I talked about my mom, uh, or talked to my mom about this recently. My dad, they came down for, for 4th of July, and we've talked about this. And I was like, you know, it's, it's funny with, with me getting older and, you know, still feeling young on the inside. And, and they, my mom and my dad, they're in their mid to late 60s. And they told me, well, guess what? That never changes. Uh, and my wife has talked to her grandmother, who's 93 years old, I believe, and she's in a an assisted faci living facility, and, and my wife's grandmother at 93 years old looks around and says, who are all these old people that I'm surrounded with? I, I can't stand it here. It's, it's nothing but old people. And she's the oldest person probably at the facility, if not one of the oldest people at the facility. So I just find that interesting that uh, no matter how old we physically get inside, we still feel like we're young. And I don't know 100% why that is. It's an interesting phenomenon. And I think maybe there's this, you know, there's, I'm sure there's some sort of psychological reasoning for it and psychological aspect of why our brain, no matter how old we get, still feels like it's younger on the inside than our body would indicate on the outside. But I kind of got this theory about that. 
And it kind of goes to uh, the old C.S. Lewis quote about how God has, you know, set this God-sized question mark in all of our hearts. Um, that there's just this little piece of eternity that's in our hearts that we just feel like we have to constantly scratch. There's this sense in which we know, although we're all ultimately destined to die, there's this very real sense in which we all feel like we're going to live on forever, even though we know better. And I can't help but wonder and can't help but believe, you know, maybe God put that in us. Maybe God put that sense of immortality that we have, that we, this sense of feeling like that we could live forever even though we know we won't. Maybe, just maybe, God put that eternal itch inside of all of us that perhaps maybe we just might look for the things that are eternal, the things that will never perish, the things that will never fade. Um, I know Paul, the Apostle Paul talked about it in his Sermon on Mars Hill about how, you know, perhaps that God put us in the nations where we are so that wherever we are, whatever time we're at, that perhaps maybe we might just seek and grope after God because there's just this thing inside all of us that longs for that which is eternal, that longs for that which is immortal. And I don't believe that we'll ever be satisfied truly until we start looking for that and start grasping after that, and start contemplating after that, and start thinking after the things that are eternal, and seeking the things that are above. Because at the end of the day, we all know, 10 out of 10 people die. None of us get out of this alive. We all know, and not to sound too heavy, you know, not to sound like such a, uh, you know, dull guy here, and, and really drop a, a uh, you know, something depressing in your lap here. Maybe, hopefully, you're going to find this edifying and, you know, something that encourages you, but none of us make it out alive. And that, you know, I think at some point, we all have to wrestle with our own mortality. Um, we have to wrestle with the sense that one day our eyes are going to close and they're never going to open back up, except for those who... Ultimately, they open back for who, who hope and believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and believe that uh, what he said is true, that those who believe will never die even though they perish. And I think we all have to, to wrestle with that. And, and you know, I, that gives me hope at the end of the day. It gives me hope and something to long for because I know and you know that we all die. And, uh, but there's just something in me. And I think that's why God gave us this sense of the show goes on forever, even though we know it doesn't is because ultimately he's trying to get us to open up our eyes to the resurrection and to long for eternal things, to long for the show that never ends. Um, the only question is, what are we going to do about it? Are we going to get older and despair and have no hope and just sit there and think, well, this is all there is. Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Or are we going to realize that uh, instead of having some sort of existential crisis in which we despair of even the value of our lives because we somehow think that we close our eyes and that's all that there was in this world and that we won't even remember our own existence. 
Um, which is, you know, probably what would happen if you were, uh, if, if all of this is just nothing but material, if there is no God, if there is no heaven, if there is no hell, um, if, if this is all there is, then, you know, that's something to certainly think about that, you know, we won't even remember our own existence. But I'm not of that school of thought. I'm not of that opinion. I do believe that we all will ultimately live forever one way or the other. It's simply a, a question of where and who we're going to live with forever. Are we going to live forever in the presence of God and in and, and the presence of his kingdom for eternity as we enjoy the resurrection and his heavenly kingdom? Or are we going to live eternally separated from God and apart from all the love and the joy and the blessings that come with eternity and knowing Christ? That's up for you to decide, for you to think about what's going to happen when we die. And it's something we all ultimately must wrestle with. Um, and I believe, one thing I surely believe is that we're a fool to ignore it. And it's not wise for us just to constantly think about our life in the present and, and the life in the next five years. But as I like to ask, you know, what's your 10,000 year plan? Do you have one? So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey. Talk of, I don't feel older on the inside, episode 116 of the jimmystable.com podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, uh, be sure to let me know. Email me, jimmy at jimmystable.com, or you can reach out to me on Facebook and Twitter. I have Twitter and Facebook accounts. If you want to go to jimmystable.com, there's links to those accounts um, over there. And, uh, you know, if you really enjoy this show, go to jimmystable.com slash subscribe and be sure to find your favorite way to subscribe to this podcast, be it on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, SoundCloud, or even by old fashioned email. And if you haven't had the opportunity yet and you've been listening to this show for a while and you're a fan of the show and you keep coming back week after week and saying, man, this Jimmy guy, he's just got all the insights in all the world. And I just, I'm just addicted to some Jimmy. <laughs> Um, you know, if you love this podcast, leave a five-star review at Apple, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever they allow you to leave reviews at. I don't even know all the places. I know Apple does. I'm not even sure Spotify and Stitcher do. But if you want to leave a review, leave a five-star review so you can tell everybody else, hey, you know this Jimmy guy, he's got something here, and uh, his show's worth listening to, so that anybody who's on the fence will take the honest five-star review of a complete stranger as a very good reason why to listen to this podcast. <laughs> so anyway, I digress. Everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, jimmystable.com, where I'm ha having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. Take care, everybody. God bless. And have a good one. Get off my lawn. That's all I have to say about that. That's the right on, man. You said it all.